Hey guys, welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. March Madness is here, and to help you with your bracket, make sure you listen to One Shiny Podcast with Mark Titus and Tate Frazier. Also, be sure to check out the Ringer's YouTube channel to watch Tate and Titus build their bracket and break down every matchup on their selection show, as well as Roger Sherman, who offers his three Cinderella picks for the NCAA tournament. You can find those at youtube.com slash the ringer. What's going on, jabronis? It's pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross battle season one champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The silver lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm your host. David Shoemaker, and here on the mask line, Kenny Herzog. How you doing, man? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> that's that's the enthusiasm <laughs> that wrestling that WrestleMania season demands. And I decided to have you on this week because you've been chronicling all these WrestleMania matches for us on the Ringer.com through a series called the WrestleMania Matchbook. Everybody should check that out. We'll tweet that out the whole thing. But they're very very good deep dives into all of the big matches from the card. But the biggest story right off the top, and this will get us into our discussion of the WrestleMania card. Uh, especially as we talk about the sort of TK section of the card, is Kofi Kingston, who on Tuesday night partook in a gauntlet match where he wrestled both members of the bar individually. He wrestled Eric Rowan. He wrestled Samoa Joe. And then Randy Orton was the last. And then uh, McMahon came out, congratulated him, and said, now you have to fight Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan beat him, which theoretically prevented Kofi from having his uh, WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. Now, I think a wizened, hardened old wrestling fan like you, Kenny, would look at this and say uh, that Kofi will... This is probably a better guarantee that Kofi's fighting for the title at WrestleMania than it, even if he had won the match. But there's a lot of people online who are really mad. I don't. Did you see any of this? <laughs> well, it's overkill. It's, it's, um, I, I think a lot of people are also have been picking up on the seem that maybe there's a bit of a bias, you know, as that exists here. That's that um, has been hinted at, you know, and at we've, you know, I at least, you know, have talked about it on this show, but they're not being explicit about it. So there's no real tension or rhyme or reason for why Vince is doing what he's doing unless he's out to prove that even though Daniel Bryan was an exception to the B plus player rule, that it is a rule. And, you know, I, I'm speaking of course of just, there's, there seems to be a bit of a situation where Kofi is being racially marginalized perhaps. And sure. that, but if that's, and that's something that people might pick up on and think is actually really happening, which I don't think is the case, but if it's something that they want to be provocative about, well then do it then then be that and say that. And, and, but now we're just kind of, on a loop here and and Vince is not the force you know on that he that he once was uh, as as an as an on-screen authority and so the whole thing just kind of falls apart in my in my view 
Yeah, I was glancing at WWE's uh, Instagram page, and they have uh, when they they posted a picture of Brian standing over Kofi with the, with the title, and the comments are there are many comments that uh, Vince is racist, WWE is racist. He's not. They're not. They're never going to let Kofi win, which is just. I mean, uh, to be fair, there are there to, for each of those. There's somebody responding like, you know, this is a story, right? This is the story they're telling, but. Um, yeah, there are a lot of people reacting to this really strongly. And I think that, you know, that's got to be what they're going for. And, and I mean, with the hit, with the sort with the certainly like racist or racial history that pro wrestling has WWE in particular, um, it's ballsy for Vince to be, to be, you know, owning up to it, I guess, if that's what you want to call this. Um, but I do, I mean, regardless it seems like we're steering towards a, 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 a great moment of triumph for Kofi at WrestleMania. Um, I guess we have a couple more weeks to figure out how exactly we're going to get there. I mean, the biggest, listen, if you, I don't, I don't want to get too weighed, I mean, weighed down by kayfabe considerations here, but you know, Vince still has to, I mean, if, if Vince really didn't want Kofi to be the champion or to be in the WrestleMania main event, he probably would have announced that someone else would be getting that role, that spot by now, right? I think that's probably correct. It's just at this point, I, my imagination can't stretch, you know, widely enough to figure out how they're going to um, finally come to that conclusion, you know, in, in kayfabe terms. I, I, I personally think, I don't like to play fantasy booker, just like you don't, you know, like you said, you don't like to sort of... Um, dwell in kayfabe considerations, but had they simply had AJ Styles squander that, you know, moment for Randy Orton and essentially give that moment to Kofi Kingston, he would have killed a bunch of birds. He would have had the triumphant Kofi moment. That would have been settled. AJ and Randy would have been, you know, uh, kicked up a notch and, you know, roll credits. I would have been perfectly fine with that. Instead, you had people were essentially rolling their eyes, you know, um, from coast to coast, and I, I, um, I, I'm also the opinion that this whole storyline is kind of uh, patronizing for Kofi. You know, it's not; it, it shouldn't have to be this um, explicit, like a whether or not he's owed this or that. I mean, I think it's just he just very simply by his body of work has earned it, and it, if 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 it fell into his lap because of circumstance, Mustafa Ali being injured and him being, um, you know, thrust into that position several weeks ago, then just let it happen. I don't know that we, that there needed to be this whole, um, this whole kind of, uh, uh, what's, what am I, how am I trying to say it? I, I don't know that it had to be much more overthought or overwrought, um, than that, but here we are, <laughs> you know? And someone's Listen, got some explaining to do. It is it is overwrought. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm totally on board for all this, and I and I think that, you know, I, I mean, it, it's easy to it's easy for you or I to say that Kofi deserves this, and he does. But he has been working a, I mean, not a strictly comedy gimmick, and you know, with the New Day, they've had very serious and very high quality matches over and over again. Um, but I think that you know, for uh, from a storytelling perspective, and from a kind of getting a getting somebody over perspective, I think that having him work an hour-long match on Tuesday night with fighting a bunch of different opponents was, uh, was a good move. I think it was, I think it was, I think it was necessary in some ways because we know that he, you know, we can say he, he deserves it. He had a great showing at Fastlane, but, you know, to the casual fan, the, it's still a process of storytelling to prove that, you know, to establish that he's uh, a top-flight 
championship competitor. So I, you know, and, and listen, whatever, I mean, Vince's role in this has been interesting to say the least, but you know, you always have to say that his involvement is a sign of confidence from the front office, right? That's true, but I still think he's coming across more senile than sinister, you know, which is well, not great. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I hear that. I hear that. But I think that he's, you know, I, that senility is, is part of the character now, right? I mean, Steph, every time he comes out, Stephanie makes fun of him being deaf. Like, it's the... <laughs> this is, right, right. This is, it, is almost tr- it is almost Trumpian that part of his deal is that he may or may not be kind of nuts like, you know at this point and well but, yeah but that's actually off. that's actually a good point maybe he's playing trump maybe maybe this is a trump gimmick and we should be giving him more credit for uh for for really you know tapping into the to the, the political cultural mainstream so I'm, I'm just gonna say that's true this is from now on everybody this is a donald trump gimmick listen <laughs> well i think what we can well, uh, say what we can say with certainty despite all this is that uh, Kofi Kingston right now is on par with Becky Lynch in terms of just the crowd being insanely behind him. Yes, and I would actually say that um, with the crowd behind him the way they are, and him and that gauntlet match on Tuesday having been his third such match between SmackDown and the Elimination Chamber, I'm not sure that much more needs to be shown to to be convinced that he feels like the right guy in this spot, especially when the WWE championship match against Daniel Bryan doesn't even have to feel like a main event because you, now that the women's uh, raw women's championship is, has, has, um, you know, comparable gravitas to the universal championship match this year. So that's, that's all I wanted to say about that. I mean, do you think if he wins at, if he, if he gets the match against Bryan at WrestleMania, if he wins, if he hoists that, recyclable belt high in the sky in the air <laughs> which by the way i know that i know that this is like this is like old man yells at clouds but the real downside to that amazing recyclable belt that daniel bryan has is that someone else eventually is going to have to hold that up at the end of a big show and act like they're excited <laughs> about it that's his um, real that's kofi's real uh his real punishment is that or his real <laughs> uh the trade-off is that he has to hoist that thing right <laughs> Yeah, but so if he wins at WrestleMania, if he gets the belt, let's just let's just ima- let's just imagine it. Do uh, you think the hype will continue? I mean, I think it, I, I think it probably will. But this is definitely a different sort of, especially just with like where he is in his career arc. This is a different sort of uh, moment for him than it is for Becky Lynch, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could view it as a kind of um, as almost more ceremonial than it is for Becky Lynch. But I don't think that's right necessarily either because he's. No one thought about him as being um, at the end of any kind of rope, you know, when, when, when we would think about him as one-third of the New Day because um, New Day didn't feel stale and, and they didn't, you know, they, they didn't wrestle stale. And uh, if anything, Kofi has used this, the New Day, as a platform to show that he's more multidimensional than we ever thought. So maybe it is, you know, maybe it is per- the, the stars aligning and maybe this really should have been, you know, um, maybe he should have been pushed and maybe it just got, um, it, you know, fast tracked, um, as a result of the serendipity, but maybe it also was no coincidence that he was put into replacement staff Ali. Maybe they, maybe they sort of anticipated that this would be the response and that they were going to, they were going to plan for that as if that were going to be the response and just simply have a plan B if no one cared. Who knows? That's a great theory. That's a great conspiracy theory. I'm totally into that. Um, we can't really, yeah, (laughs) 
we we can't spend the whole we could spend the whole pod talking about Kobe Kingston, but I want to cover the rest of the WrestleMania card. I will say that the one to me the one real redeeming. I mean, besides seeing Kofi, I say Kofi Kofi getting a shot at the World Championship or the WWE Championship is obviously the like the the best thing about this. But I do think from on a more meta level, it's it's nice to see that you know maybe this maybe it'll sink into WWE creative that you can you know, walk and chew gum at the same time when you, when you tell okay. stories that like, just because somebody is in a successful, uh, you know, tag team unit, it, that doesn't mean they're, they're, they're entirely preempted from ever sniffing a singles uh, championship. Anyway, let's, uh, let's anyway, let's look no further than Shawn Michaels, but yes, go ahead. So the WrestleMania card, um, as it stands right now has nine, either nine or 10, depending, I think if you count Oscar versus TBA as a match, uh, matches announced. Um, if you, I, I was, let's see, Googling around um, uh, Alfred Kanua over at Forbes, who's been doing a lot of great stuff, um, lists the potential matches between confirmed and rumored at 17, which would be, I think, the biggest WrestleMania of all time by a healthy uh, three matches or so. I just want to touch on all these matches one by one and just kind of see, I mean, all the, all the, all the announced matches, and then we'll talk about some of the rumored stuff. So let's just jump right in. Might as well. The first thing on the official card was just announced uh, on WWE.com, and it's Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. Now, I don't know about you. This feels like a this feels like a an appropriate match. Uh, I mean, I guess there's there's some logic behind this if it indeed pans out to be just these two, because we've seen these two fight in in uh, along with. Andrade and and our truth and you know it, it, in four way matches over the past several weeks and everybody kind of thought that we were going towards a four way or a, even more people involved sort of schmozzy match for WrestleMania. I guess once you once you realize there's going to be fifteen or more matches on the WrestleMania card, you'd want to keep this simple. And the important people to put over right here, I mean, I, I mean, in earnest right now, are uh, your champ Samoa Joe and your and the living legend Rey Mysterio. If it ends up being just that a one-on-one fight, are you are you are you good with that? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I'll want to know who wins. I don't necessarily know that I need to know how, but I'll I, I inevitably will because I'll I'll be watching. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's no real there's no there's no story um, here, and I doubt they'll have a lot of time to tell a story uh, here between now and WrestleMania. But as you just alluded to, I mean, maybe this as is the case with a few matches. So far, maybe the story just kind of tells itself. Yeah, and that's also one where they can slot that anywhere on the card. That could that could easily be a pre-show, but it could also be if if you know for some reason they're booking too many heel wins along the way, they could definitely throw in a semi-surprising Rey Mysterio title win three quarters of the way through the show just to keep the crowd going. So there's a little bit of functionality there. It will be it will be disappointing if we don't get to see andrade on the big stage after the work he's been putting in over the past several months and and since he got called up and and since he was in nxt but i think that there's a you know i mean there, there was a lot of hope that he would fight ray and uh and they would get a chance to really put their put their skills on display because they've just been tearing it up on smackdown right right there, there is a bigger story being told between them two so maybe to your point maybe andrade will somehow uh, insinuate himself yeah, it does seem like we're sort of at maximum capacity for wrestlers kind of clawing their way into existing uh, announced matches, but who knows? Apparently, I mean, there's there's actually, it could be that there's no end to that. Uh, there's there's never too many people thrown into matches in the WrestleMania card. The next thing on the list is the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which we know very little about, except on Monday night it was announced 
that Braun Strowman would be taking part. I mean, this has got to be seen as, I mean, I guess is a, a good a, a good thing for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal if you want right. to if you want to personify that match. But like, this has got to be seen as a giant just step down for what we were expecting a couple months ago from Braun Strowman. Yeah, it is baffling. You know, I am not sure who's you know yard he pooped on. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't get it too into conspiratorial stuff about you know bad conduct backstage or this or that. But um, this is the second WrestleMania running, unless I'm forgetting a, a year in between, where his specifically his booking on it has been um, has bordered on comical um, and has been um, just kind of a uh, made him a dancing monkey a little bit. So I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe they just feel like, hey, we can kind of keep him on the burner, and when we really need to give him a push, he'll he'll just be rocket boosted. No no questions asked. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's we're, we're I guess a year removed from Braun Strowman winning the tag team championships uh, at WrestleMania, right? That was just last year. And um, yes, Nicholas it, has has possibly um, since experienced the uh, the change of life. So that's that's big news. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, listen, if he's got the same genes as Rey Mysterio's kid, then he could be, he could be able to go toe to toe with Strowman, uh, this year. Um, I mean, it would be cool if Nicholas was somehow entered in the battle Royal too, and got the win because Ron Strowman refused to hit him or something. But, uh, but everybody would boo that it is. It's just pretty, it's pretty incredible to see the, the path that Ron Strowman has, uh, stormed, um, in the past year. It really seemed like it seemed, well, it seemed like leading up to last year at WrestleMania, there were a lot of calls for him to, you know, get the rocket strapped to his back and or whatever wrestling uh, turn of phrase you want to use. And then, right. you know, say what you will about the Nicholas thing. It did seem like that was a deliberate, uh, you know, a decisive move to sort of expand the uh, the fan base for Braun Strowman to sort of to, to fully uh, hulkify him. Um Get those kids cheering for him and everything else, and 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 that would be sort of like the final step towards his big breakthrough push. And then I don't really know that didn't really catch, and and he they ended up having to they ended up turning him heel so that the shield would have, uh, you know, some an opponent, and then they kind of like waffled on whether he was a heel or a babyface. Not that it really matters for him, except I mean, normally I wouldn't be complaining about such things, but his his. I mean, when he he he's a man of extremes, right? I mean, there's he he does he seems to be most comfortable in the sort of middle territory of the you know just angry kind of pseudo baby face um, right. sort of outlaw, and yet he's he spends a lot of his time hanging out with little kids on the one end, or just like you know destroying Roman Reigns on the other, um, which is like the most heelish thing you can do. Uh, so I mean it's 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 just a little bit it's 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 weird and now he's feuding if he's feuding with anybody it's with the hosts of Weekend Update who are going to be there at WrestleMania presumably they'll have something to do with the battle royal as well um, again you know you can make the case that there's some there's a positive spin on him being involved with the celebrity guests to such a degree but I just can't I can't get too worked up about this in in a good way. Well, I mean you're also touching on a larger issue, which is there have been there's been so much. Um, volatility 
up and down the rosters as far as uh, wrestlers being asked to, you know, do about baby faces and go and flip flop between heel and face just in the last several months where how at that point do you start to get like a steady picture of what you want your mania car to look like, you know, when, when very few individuals, male or female on either brand have sort of had a consistent character over the last three, four, five, six months. It's no wonder that a lot of the card is just kind of materializing last minute the way the way it is. Yeah, and some of that happens every year. They want to keep they have to keep things active, you know, especially in, in the modern era. They have to they have to keep some question marks out there. But this is this seems like a little bit of an extreme. Um next up we have AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, which is a pretty uh, I would say this is a pretty traditional WrestleMania get two important guys on the card match. You have not written about this one yet, but I but but the story they're telling is the right story, right? It's the like, kind of WWE institution versus the pro wrestling uh, institution. Two guys, sort of um, a little bit past their prime, but still very much in their pro wrestling prime. Uh, if you want, or past their past their physical prime, I guess, but but still in their uh, pro wrestling prime. AJ just re-signed with WWE. That's the big news. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest news of the week. He just he agreed to a new contract and. Um, that's huge news. And got a new dog. And got a new dog. I think he could afford one. And this old dog's got some tricks. (laughs) Uh, Styles versus Orton, you have a quick take on it? I'm actually about halfway through writing about that match, um, and there's a little more meat on that bone, historically speaking, than you would think, and I hope that they get into some of that. Um, For example, Randy Orton was controversially uh, fired from the playing the role of the Marine in in the original Marine when it came out that he was discharged for bad conduct um, <laughs> from the Marines. And AJ Styles was, of course, born on a Marine base as his father was a Marine. So, you, you wow. know, things like that can come into it. I don't know if they're going to go there, but there's a lot of strange overlap. Like one of Randy Orton's last notable opponents in OVW was Jerry Lynn, who was a tag team partner of AJ Styles in his first ever match for TNA. Like, there's some funny stuff All right. All that, they, right. that they could get into. But I'll, I'll leave I'll leave the rest of that on the table because I, I want people to read the uh, the column. Um, but there, there's like I said, I think there's meat on the bone, um, and I. But otherwise, I do think right. I do think it's self-explanatory, and it's going to be fun to to watch them wrestle, especially when it's not uh, when it's happening before it, it being a case of where they're both in their late forties or early fifties, like Triple H and Batista. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with all that, and I think that Orton. I mean, Orton's promo uh, two weeks ago was just maybe the best promo of his career. His work in the ring has been really good. Fighting his his you know brief uh, part of the uh, role in the gauntlet match against Kofi Kingston was borderline inspired at times, and uh, you know he's always Randy Orton when he is inspired to do well is one of WWE's best wrestlers, and that's just a statement of fact, I think. Uh, and hopefully, it looks like he's really he's really into this angle right now, and this could end up being a real sleeper match of the night candidate for WrestleMania. They'll probably get three minutes to work at the end, but it's you know <laughs> it's it's still a sleep. I agree. Next, also on the uh, SmackDown side, Shane McMahon, the villainous Shane McMahon versus the Miz. Speaking of good promos, I mean, sheesh, the Miz opened up the show on Tuesday night this week, and he was just amazing. I mean, the most amazing part probably was that he didn't. He didn't try to work babyface in any sort of real conventional way, but he was just so compelling and had the whole crowd behind him. What, you texted me that you thought it was fire. What, what, what did you think? First of all, I texted you that I thought it was fire. But, <laughs> um, 
because I don't know how to use like fire emojis in my text. I, I, yeah, I mean, look, not every little syllable is perfect, but that's, you know, it's a live show for Christ's sake. And he was actually trying, you could, it was so, he was really having his little Shakespearean moment. But I, um, I think you're right in assessing it as having been, um, having walked a fine line of not sucking up entirely to the crowd to kind of force the, the baby face, um, you know, role. I, uh, I think it's self evident. Um, but you know, also kind of, um, giving him an opportunity to really talk himself up a little bit and talk up what he's done in his career because it is, you know, worthy of, of recognition and, and worthy of merit. And he is a future Hall of Famer, and it is possibly the most unlikely future Hall of Famer in wrestling history. Um, you know, I know we have feelings about how, how the Hall of Fame is just kind of a silly construct, but for, for whatever it's worth. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love that they, you know, had put whatever it was, something, you know, um, in his eyes to affect the appearance of them being all red and, and worn out. Um, but apart from that, that was all him. Um, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's carrying this thing. Uh, Shane is never, has not been particularly smooth in his promo work for throughout this whole sort of, um, c- comeback of his, um, the villainous thing turn was telegraphed, you know, mm-hmm. miles ahead. Um, I'm, I'm tired of seeing him in Shane's defense. The promo package that recapped his his uh, his promo from la- from last week made it a really good promo, uh, and that's in the end sort of what matters in WWE. Uh, I think that you know I'm looking forward to this match. I'm looking forward to see what Chain's going to jump off of, and if Miz is going to jump off something too to you know to match him. And I, mean, I think that there's a lot of potential for this to be a really fun little schmozzy thing at WrestleMania, and 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 you know it's an, a necessary sort of brawl to mix things up. I'm look. I I think it can it can be a, a another sleeper great match. I think you know the story's a little rote and a little uh, you know contrived and um, and I, you know Shane. I'm sort of tired of Shane as a performer. Is kind of what I was going to say before, but you know um, I expect uh, the Miz to win, or that could not happen. But uh, you know I don't think it. Um, I, I I think this only. Um, um, I, I think this only puts Miz in a position to do any number of interesting things coming off of this unless he's going to do another film or what have you. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, speaking of people who are going to be do interesting things, one person who will not be doing anything interesting after WrestleMania because it's his last match uh, is Kurt Angle. He announced on I Monday night that... Dean Ambrose. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Angle announced on Monday night that the end of the Kurt Angle retirement tour, he will be taking on Baron Corbin, the one and only <laughs> at WrestleMania. Which, you know, in storyline terms sort of makes sense. They've been feuding, uh, you know, for a while, but they're feuding in a sort of front office capacity. And then, um, you know, if there's any question about whether or not they had this, you know, planned for the long term, they already blew off this match or they had a match on like two weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. There was on Jan- with January 28th. They had a I just pulled up the YouTube video. It says the Olympic hero rekindles his rivalry with fellow former Raw authority figure. Um, so this was a match that, I mean, this this Kurt Angle retirement slot, we knew it was coming. There are a lot of people who had, had theorized that maybe this would be John Cena um, or, you know. Ma- or Jason Jordan. Yeah. This, I mean, uh, um, there, there are a lot of like kind of logical, sentimental choices for this. Baron Corbin is the sort of like just strict storyline choice. And, you know. Maybe this is an opportunity for Baron Corbin to, 
you know, have a big spot on the card, and he's obviously well liked by WWE. Um, I he is, you know, not always well liked by the audience, and his button down shirt is certainly the biggest heel in the company. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I think probably at this point, the less said about this match, the better. I I think that's that's probably the best um, thing that can be said. There might be some some surprise element that, that plays out, you know, involving any of the individuals we mentioned as having, having been uh, thought of as being a worthy opponent. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, what, what can you say? I hope, I just hope he leans into that angle lock like he means it. Cause lately it's just looked like he's trying to help someone off with their boot, you know? Um, but that's, yeah. That's I yeah. I mean, there, I, you know, when it's time to go in pro wrestling, you, you can usually see it a mile away. And this is one of those times, but, Anyway, uh, we love Kurt Angle. We'll I'll, I'll be him. cheering him, be be cheering him on in this match, and and hopefully he gets a win in his farewell. Yeah, I mean, I love him. I think he's fine. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the card, um, in Wikipedia order, is Triple H versus Batista. You've written about this. It's a no holds barred match. Um, you know these old these two old teammates now hate each other very much, and uh, and Batista roughed up Ric Flair to prove it. Um. This is Ric Flair on his birthday, no less. Um, this oh, yeah. is this is our returning uh, celebrity hero match of the night. Um, in the absence of The Rock or even uh, The Undertaker right now, we have Batista coming back from uh, the glory of the Guardians of the Galaxy and other roles to uh, lend his star power to WrestleMania. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm into Batista. I'm always into Triple H at WrestleMania time. Um, I think I'll end up probably being very excited for this match as we get closer, but you know, in the shadow of Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Kofi Kingston, uh, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, you know, this isn't, this to me is not like the highest, you know, the the highest in terms of my anticipation scale. What about you? Yeah, it's a, it points to a conundrum where does this carry the water of the kind of presence of legends at WrestleMania or if it if it doesn't, does it just underscore that, like you're saying, it doesn't really need that this year because you have these great um, crescendos coming and you have these these compelling storylines. I don't know. I I lean a little more towards thinking that there could be a little more of that kind of like novel legend presence because the card doesn't come together yet for me as a totally compelling whole. Maybe because it's over overbooked as 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 we've kind of you know hinted at. Um, I, you know, I, I hope Batista could. You know, I hope Batista's fluid and move and can move. And um, you know, I hope that they have a game plan going in, and that it doesn't feel stilted at any point, or that the, you know, uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of like Tin Man kind of um, uh, mechanics happening. But uh, it's a, this is the classic case of if they if they do what two legends should do, they will tell a great story in the ring. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And I think that, you know, I mean, I, I, I have faith that they'll tell the story the right way, then this won't end up like uh, Ambrose versus Rollins when it was supposed to be the big brutal blow off and they ended up doing a bunch of technical wrestling. I mean, I think that, I mean, if, if this is done correctly, it'll just be a, it'll be ruthless, you know, I mean, just a whole lot of just, just, I mean, they got just Jim Ross should be calling it sort of just like two hosses in the ring, just like sweating and slapping each other. It could be, it could be a lot of fun. Um, for some, this is the match where I start thinking about how the runtime of this card is going to be pretty ridiculous only because 
as we were saying, like it, this match isn't exactly central to like, it's not, you know, it's not one of the, at least in my mind, one of the, like the top two or three matches. Um, but like the entrances for this match are going to be as long as anything else. Right. I mean, right. when you, when right. you start looking at the potential women's tag match, the battle Royal, all this stuff, I mean, I mean, the battle Royal will probably be on the pre-show or, or to open the show, but I mean, we could, we're going to spend a lot of time watching people walk to the ring on WrestleMania Sunday. <laughs> Especially in that particular match. I mean, now, of course, Triple H has, you know, made his, his rent, his entrance and the theatricality of it an annual thing. Um, I would say, I don't know how he's going to top himself, but that would suggest that I felt like the previous year's entrances of late were um, especially memorable or memorably awesome. I don't know. They they were, they were just simply over the top. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. And then I'll be interested to see um, what kind of, you know, heat Batista draws from the crowd, because we all know um, he failed to elicit the kind of, baby face pop that they were hoping for in his last return. So let's see if he generates. Well, they're smart. They're smartly positioning him as a heel now, but triple H isn't really, isn't, isn't an entirely compelling, you know, hero for this match. So it's, that's it's a, the problem. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we'll be excited to see him back, but, it, but it, this will be, in, this will be one of those where it will be interesting to watch to see if the matches, if the, if the entrance is longer than the match, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but like I said, I believe that my anticipation level of this match will pro- will, will trend upwards uh, as we get closer to the date. Um, next, according to Wikipedia, we have a couple of uh, we have one of two matches that I that was TBD yesterday. Um, I believe that the the cruiserweight match is officially set, and I'm not spoiling anybody. But if you if you have the if you feel like you might be spoiled by knowing what it's going to be, skip forward. It's Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese for the cruiserweight championship now. You know, this is sort of, I guess, probably what Vince McMahon's idea of a cruiserweight match really is. Just two little muscular fire plugs, <laughs> like Mighty Mouse char- characters uh, going head to head. Tony Nese well, sort of... is like a human action figure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Buddy Murphy too, but Tony Nese, that's sort of his gimmick. And, and, I, and sort of by like process of elimination, there's not a lot of other big names on 205 that, that really, you know, that were, should have been expect, expected options for this. But Tony Nese still feels like a little bit of a surprise. Can I throw out one possible explanation? Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a Long Island native. This is essentially, a, you know, a New York area show. He could be getting his hometown moment here. That's what I'm wondering. Oh, okay, about. okay. I mean, it's listen. I mean, both these guys with the with the blurring of the of the weight the weight class lines, especially on SmackDown. I could see Buddy Murphy getting called up, you know, at some point in the not, in the not too distant future, and and it, it would be interesting to see what Tony Nese could do with a little bit of a run. But you know, this is the cruiserweight championship match, and uh, my guess is we probably won't be in our seats by the time that this match goes on. Anyway, to backtrack a little bit, the other match that's TBD is Oscar versus uh, op- opponent to be named next week on SmackDown. There will be a fatal four way between Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, Carmella, and Naomi to determine. Asuka's uh, opponent. I don't know if this is been if this is being telegraphed to be to find to have it be a five way match at WrestleMania somehow. Just schma- if they just schmaz it next week, or uh, <laughs> if you had to pick one of those four, who would you pick? It's going to be Naomi because I think there's something bigger happening. We all do, obviously, that between Sonya and Mandy, whether it comes to a head at Mania or not, um, maybe it could be wedged in as a kickoff thing as a result of whatever happens in this in this four way match. Uh, or is it five-way match? Whatever, uh, you know, Carmella. I, I think it's great that she's, a, you know, asked to be a part of it. But I don't know if this is her moment again just yet. 
Um, and Naomi, having been, you know, uh, Oscar's, you know, BFF for a moment uh, when they were kind of messing around with different tag yeah. formulations, you know, that that creates something there. I don't know whether it means that either her or Oscar have to suddenly turn. I, you know, that's not necessarily the case, but it would be, it would, it would have some juice behind it. It would, and they're both so good. Yeah, I agree. I'd be into that. Um, hopefully, they'll find something a little bit more fun for Oscar to do after the Raw Women's Championship uh, s- scene sort of settles down. But in the meantime, I don't have any problem with this. Not every match at WrestleMania has to be earth-shattering dream match, although it would be nice if they got a little bit closer. Um, no, but Naomi in this spot feels right. I, I agree with you. I-, I was kind of expecting it to be um, a multi-person match, but but who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the way it's going to go. Uh, we got two big giant matches, which I alluded to earlier. Um, you've written now about both of them. Today, you had a piece up on TheRinger.com about Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. It was a big piece that you wrote. There was a lot of uh, really good stuff here. Obviously, you know, Ronda, I mean, the, the, the linchpins, I mean, the, the bones of this match are Ronda Rousey's your champion. Um, the huge crossovers, a star formerly of the UFC. Becky Lynch is the is wrestling's current supernova. I mean, since starting at SummerSlam last year, she's had the biggest uh, consistent crowd response that most since you know Daniel Bryan in his heyday. Um, right. People are just absolutely nuts for for uh, Becky Lynch, and justifiably. I mean, she's just incredible. And then Charlotte Flair is the both in uh, kayfabe, I mean, but yeah, both in storyline and in reality, sort of uh, has been thrown in by the powers that be to fill some certain uh, indescribable slot for this match. Uh, at first, it looked like she was there to sort of be the heel um, when, you know, the crowd was cheering Becky Lynch defiantly and Ronda Rousey, it seemed like they wouldn't want Ronda Rousey to be a heel, but then Ronda Rousey turned heel. And now Ronda Rousey's living out her childhood fantasy of being every bit the antagonist that Rowdy Roddy Piper was in his prime. Right. And um, the table is set for Becky Lynch to have an incredible babyface underdog victory. Right. Becky Lynch was hurt in real life last fall, but, th- but since they started, since she kind of earned the spot at the Royal Rumble, she was rumored to be hurt, but wasn't really hurt. Then she got really hurt. Uh, she was suspended and then they let her back in. She had to apologize to get the spot. Then she, but I guess that was before she got suspended. Uh, Vince McMahon tried to kick her out of the match. She fought her way back into the match. Charlotte Flair, meanwhile, has just sort of been sitting around and, and you know, just being, just healing it up deliciously. Uh, Ronda Rousey is breaking kayfabe left and right, or at least trying to kind of work shoot her way into getting people really in- interested in this match, saying that, you know, in real life, she could just beat the shit out of both of them at the same time. Uh, you know, using using the the F word, meaning fake on social media. Uh, there, there is a whole lot going on, um, but it seems like we're finally. Uh, oh, and then oh, I, I guess I, I have to. It, I, I left out the most recent stuff, which is Ronda Rousey is such a villain at this point that she is walking uh, to the ring or walking into the arena with her husband. <laughs> um, I oh, love this. God. I love this subtle heel. I love the subtle heelishness of like acknowledging that they're that you're married if you're as as a woman. That's it's a, <laughs> it, the, that's the that's the like the worst thing you could do. And then embraced her husband after the match last night. And then uh, the security intervened for some reason. And she beat the crap out of some security men. Uh, th- there's a whole lot going on. And then um, on SmackDown, which is now the official territory of Lynch and Flair squaring off uh, while Ronda Rousey's off doing something else. 
Becky and Charlotte went at it again on, on Tuesday night. There's, there's a lot happening here. I have more of a question about what, where this is going to land in the card uh, than, than actually who's going to win. I feel like if this is not the big triumphant Becky goes over moment, people will be throwing their TVs out the window. Am I, am I crazy to think that? No, I don't think, ultimately, I don't think they, they, they should feel, um, you know, hemmed into only one outcome for that reason. If it feels like it's the right decision, you know, all, all, you know, all told, especially because they know kind of uh, where all roads need to lead, you know, going forward. And um, then, man, which maybe this is why they need an off-season occasionally and just press pause. And, you know, but people will react the way they will react. I just don't know if that should determine or dictate the decisions that are being Well, yeah, made, but this is... The right answer is that Becky Lynch wins. That's the right endpoint to the story that they've been telling. I, I, yes, I, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked if Charlotte did. I'm just saying, but I, I would. I think the right answer is Becky Lynch. This does feel like. Yeah, this does feel like prime territory for Vince McMahon to kind of sweep in capriciously at the last second and just be like, you know, what'll really get people mad. You know, what'll get, really get people talking is anything but Becky Lynch winning. Um, it's definitely possible. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely conceivable. And if this match doesn't, if, if you're watching on April 7th and this match goes on like third from last, like, you know, go ahead and like handcuff yourself to the couch because uh, this, uh, this might not end the way that you want it to end. I think you're, you're also correct and ultimately wondering, you know, anxiously about whether it will be the final match of the night. I think that to me is the biggest thing that, whether or not this gets its proper positioning as the last match of the night is almost more significant to people than whether Kofi gets his match or wins his match. I think that's uh, not to say that Becky then shouldn't have her moment too. And we should have, you know, you can never have too much of a good thing, but I think that's what people are at least counting on. Yeah. I mean, if this card is like eight hours long, you can definitely have too much of a good thing. Uh, and, and I'm not just talking about wrestling. I'm talking about like all of the concessions and beer that you'll be, people will be consuming at MetLife Stadium. There, there's definitely too much of a good thing. But this is a moment for Becky to win. She should be winning at the, at the end of the show, and it should be a triumphant moment, much like Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. And uh, it's just, I understand. I, I make the case all the time that wins and losses don't matter in wrestling, but this is one of those times when it does, and it would just be incredible negligence for them not to do it. But, you know, anything's possible. I just, you know, wanted to mention about her husband. I did think that was a, a funny choice and I don't know I'm curious whose it was but it was less like her husband was sort of there to kind of be her chaperone or her bodyguard that she was like Michonne dragging her husband the dead husband behind her on the walk of dead you know as as, as um wonderful as, foil yeah. and and uh <laughs> the, I, kudos to WWE for getting proper usage out of him he's it's it, it was just a really great turn on Monday night I hope they do more of that um the other I guess contestant the other the, the other competition for last match of the night Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the Universal WWE Universal Championship. As far as these these things go, this is a pretty pretty straightforward setup, right? I mean, Seth Rollins earned a spot. Brock Lesnar is the long serving champion. He's uh, constantly has one foot out the door en route to a return to UFC. Um, I don't know. I mean, Rollins sort of took the the Roman Reigns role, and we'll talk about Roman in just a second. Um, as the conquering baby face, but Seth is in a lot of ways a better fit for this for for this than Roman Reigns would have been because um, there's a little bit of uncertainty and uh, and it's a match that I'm really kind of interested in seeing. What's your take on this one? Yeah, I think it was good. I, Roman Reigns might have been kept off TV this week because he's still ultimately you know, recuperating somewhat from from a traumatic thing that happened to his body 
Um, but if it was purely a creative choice, also a good one. So that really this could this could be a week where we were reminded that Seth Rollins is the you know is the main focus of what's happening on the Raw side of the men's roster in WrestleMania, and that him him and Brock Lesnar is the main event, and it's not just because Roman Reigns wasn't available. So I thought they you know I thought they did some good work. I like seeing Rollins uh, unleash on. Um, on McIntyre with the chair because we need to be we need to remind ourselves we need or we need to know that he can match you know Lesnar in intensity and it's not just going to be this kind of contrasting stylistic thing even though they share some kind of hybrid athlete DNA or, or training mm-hmm. um, yeah so I, I I I've never I'm a bit of a Lesnar mark I've I've always. <laughs> I've, I, I've always, I am that guy for whom Lesnar is a real attraction. I've always looked forward to watching Lesnar matches, even though I think he's probably a terrible person. But um, that being said, um, I, I, I don't think this is shining as bright as the uh, constellation of stars around the women's main event, but I think this is a legitimate men's main event. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. You know, it's funny you mentioned Roman Reigns. I, I watched... Uh, I think I watched like the second half of Raw Live, then went back and watched like the abbreviated Hulu version, and then realized I hadn't seen Roman Reigns, and so like jumped back through and, and fast forward through the whole show again to figure out where I'd missed him, and it, it, it didn't even occur to me that he wouldn't be on the show. It was kind of shocking. To wrap up the the WWE cha- the Universal Championship match, um, you know, I mean, going into WrestleMania, it really feels like a night of of you know babyface pseudo upsets, um. If we have, you know, maybe we'll get a Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Kofi Kingston, everybody celebrating together like uh, like Benoit Guerrero or something moment at the end of the show. Uh, right. That could be really fun. And I mean, that could be a way to sort of, you know, ice the cake or whatever. Um, but it does kind of feel like they're all trending in a very similar direction of just sort of, you know, the baby faces finally, finally get their wins. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, I got this image of them being like, you know, like like fellow Olympiad, U.S. Olympiads or something. Not that they're all American, but you get the the comparison, you know, fellow Olympiads on the on the podium on, during closing ceremonies. I mean, there is that potential, but we'll see. Yeah, we could have a night of title changes in every match, I guess, if, if, if you think Rey Mysterio has, has some potential. And I mean, it would feel a little bit weird. I mean, it would be a little bit surprising for Asuka to lose to an opponent that hasn't even been announced yet. But, you know, that's certainly, certainly possible. Um, now let's get to the, uh, Roman wasn't there on Monday night, but Drew McIntyre was there and he came out and he challenged Roman Reigns to a, a WrestleMania match that seems like a sure thing, not officially on the card because Roman Reigns hasn't accepted, but this feels like an, another good match where on a, maybe a smaller card, it would feel even, it would feel really big because these are two guys who are clearly, you know, right there as potential, uh, you know, faces of the company. The build actually has some legs, but it's you know it, it, the the challenge was a little bit abrupt. I don't know. I mean, all in, I think I'm I, I'm excited for this match. What, what what's your take on that one? I don't, I don't want to um, back anything up here. I just you know as far as titles go, you know we can touch also on the still unconfirmed situation with the Intercontinental Belt on the women's tag titles. But yeah, we get a lot. But Roman Reigns, you know, who is always worth discussing because he is someone who is perpetually sort of in orbit of a title. It's it's so easy to forget because of how fast everything moves in WWE and how he's already figured into so much story since he's been back um, that it's just unprecedented that he's even on the card. But on you know, but on some level, you almost expect 
it's almost surprising that he's not doing something bigger on the car because it is Roman Reigns. And if he's there, you know, and so it's, it, there's a, there's a weird kind of, um, uh, disconnect, you know, there that you have to reconcile. But I do think, I think these guys are, are they physically match up? I think they, um, both have a similar, I know people are going to laugh when I say this, because I don't think Roman Reigns necessarily has this, but I think they have a similar charisma. Yeah. They both work crisp. Um, they both work hard. I think it's going to be bruising and, uh, I think it's going to be a fun match that could be another sleeper along with, you know, Orton and AJ and a couple of others that we mentioned. Kind of depends on how long they, they give it. If it were anyone except yeah. Drew McIntyre, I would think this would be a Roman squash just to pop the crowd. And it may still be, but Drew McIntyre, it seems like they'd want to give him, you know, an opportunity here, um, an, an opportunity to kind of, uh, to, to show him, to show what he can do. Um, I think that, you know, that, that, that this could go in, in, you know, as far as runtime and, and, you know, drastically different directions. But anyway, it, it's a fun, I mean, it's it's a good matchup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much Roman, I mean, how if Roman can go for an extended match or, you know, well, there's there's a lot of question marks here. That's a good question. The most interesting thing about this match is kind of where it all leads next, right? I mean, Roman Reigns is still a darling of the of the crowd. And as soon as they put him back in the title picture, that's all up in the air. So I think that probably the most interesting thing you can do with Roman Reigns uh, going forward is have is to have him feud with Seth Rollins or to have him compete against Seth Rollins. Um, but it'll be, it'll be, you know, I mean, th- this match, th- as far as like repercussions, the, the biggest thing about this match is going to be to set the stage for, I think what the top of the card looks like after WrestleMania. And you're right that probably there's going to have to be something in the mix with Seth and Roman, but I do, I will say, I think maybe Drew McIntyre, it, it, it can make sense that he can win this match. And r- right now, Roman, this is like, um, um, you know, house money for essentially even being a part of this WrestleMania. And I think it rolls right off him, you know, if he were to lose, whereas McIntyre being set up for a little, a little program with Seth Rollins coming off of this, you know, especially in that kind of soft period after mania, before we ramp up to SummerSlam, I think it'd be good for, uh, for all parties. And, um, uh, I think, you know, McIntyre, I'd like to see him, uh, get out of the rut that he was starting to get in where he was just one of, uh, of a few, members of like an arbitrary fly-by-night posse that were just arbitrary, you know, mm-hmm. that were just kind of um, arbitrarily pounding on, on, um, on sitting ducks. You know, that was kind yeah. of a weird thing. He was trapped. He was falling into. For a ruthless psychopath, he does seem to find himself in, uh, in, in cruise. Uh, right, quite right. Often. He makes a lot of friends. For a, for <laughs> a, for a He's a very, apparently a very likable psychopath. Yeah. Let's run through a couple more of these rumored matches. We got the women's tag team. We finally have women's tag team champions. In uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey, I refuse to refer to them by their uh, official team name. Um, <laughs> they they were challenged on Monday night by a returning Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Who and I, I have I don't even remember what happened when Beth retired. But in my in my mind and in my heart, she was just out of competition. And just the women's wrestling at WWE was so bad, she just had nothing to do but leave. And uh, and I'm sure that's not entirely the truth, but it's good to see her come back now when there's a lot of fun stuff for her to do, even if it's just for one night. Um, and she's going to get more than one team. It looks like you were suggesting that, the, the, I mean, which is what's logical, that it looks like we might get a couple more teams uh, um, corralled into this match as well. Well, first of all, there's an obvious irony here to someone named Phoenix coming out of retirement, but that uh, little nod to... Uh, Arizona uh, <laughs> snowbird uh, 
Yes, definitely. Life, not with civics. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a four-way dance here. I think there's going to be an eight-lady lassoing of Naya, Tamina, and the Iconics, and Beth and Natalia, and the boss and hug connection. <laughs> um, and I don't know whether to be that. I, I don't know whether to be excited. I kind of feel like Naya and Tamina kind of should just get the belts at this point. Um, and Tamina, you know, certainly has put in her her time. Um, I just don't know what, you know, to be convinced that they're so big and bad, but for them to never actually yeah. win a meaningful match seems sort of silly. That's, that's uh, an important part of WWE booking. All right, let's keep moving through. Um, tag team matches, the, the men's tag team matches on both shows uh, are very much up in the air. Um, Alfred Forbes is suggesting that there'll probably be multi-person matches on the Raw side, the Revival versus Ricochet and, and Aleister Black and whoever else they want to rope into that one. On the SmackDown side, obviously, there's the Hardy Boys, the Bar, uh, Nakamura and Rusev, your champion, Uso, the Usos. Um, obviously, there's uh, the, the New Day is is has a has two people who are, will probably not be booked. Um, and and you know, it's 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 tantalizing to imagine the SmackDown after WrestleMania opening with the New Day all holding belts. Um, I mean, do you have anything on those two matches, or is it, or are we just gonna? Is this just wait and see, and and you know, whatever? Maybe wait and see. I think the the thing most worth discussing is, um, you know, wh- whether Ricochet and Alistair Black are a little overexposed right now, and whether this is all happening a little too fast, and whether they, whether um, any of it is even anything except for preamble to the two of them getting it on. You know, as as um, as adversaries at some point here, you know, which Alistair Black is someone who could easily just, just in terms, just in terms of his look kind of go either way. Um, I saw, I saw somebody online, I saw somebody online today say, and I'm probably going to mess this up, but someone was saying that, that Kofi's even more over than, than Becky Lynch right now. And, and someone who was there uh, at the, the, at SmackDown last night said that people were chanting Kofi all night long, but the biggest pop of the night was when, was when Lynch came out and, and, Kofi got a big pop when he came out, but but that Ricochet's pop was even bigger than Kofi's. Um, well, yeah. So you know that's just a. I don't. I, I mean, there there is a there is a potential to overexpose those two guys, but I mean, they are Ricochet and Aleister Black are both just enormous stars, and uh, and I think you know give them all the screen time you can. They are. I mean, overexposed is relative, I guess, but and I and your point is well taken. Um, but I think that them winning at WrestleMania would make a whole lot of sense if they're going to be involved with that. Um, there's a, the IC title match we haven't talked about. I, I mean, it, it's kind of seems like it's steering towards a Bobby Lashley Finn Balor rematch, um, which would be fine. And again, sort of like sort of like Reigns McIntyre a match that would feel a lot more significant if there were fewer matches on the card. And Leo Rush is probably going to be in a shark cage or something. <laughs> I'd be all about that. <laughs> the the one thing left that I really want to talk about uh, before we get out of here is the giant hole in the card where John Cena should go. Um, there've been a lot of rumors about who he might fight, but there's never really been the expectation that he wouldn't fight, right. That he wouldn't compete at WrestleMania. Um, I don't know. What's, what, what is your, what's your guess about what they're going to do there? You know, I don't, I purposely kind of tune out to a lot of rumors, you know, but, um, I, I, I just have as just, uh, going on feel, uh, I've now given, 
I've not been yet given any reason to expect that he's appearing, um, you know, certainly not appearing to compete. You know, maybe he'll wind up, you know, I could see his music hitting and it's a big, awesome thing. And he comes out maybe during some part of Alexis, Alexa Bliss opening as host and kind of spoils it for her and, and does a little bit, you know, and maybe somebody comes out and starts some shit with him and he gets just, you know, hit an F, uh, hit an F5, hit an AA. Um, maybe that's, that'll be Elias's role. I don't know. Um, I have no insight into whether he's going to be competing, but I also, at this point, I'm just assuming he's not going to be. I'm definitely intrigued. Hopefully he won't be watching from the crowd again, although that's, you know, there's a, there's a certain thrill in that. Um, and you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways you could throw them in at the last minute. It is sort of surprising though, that they're not, that the way this card is shaped up, which is to say that like with the exception of Batista, sort of like the, what we had thought it would look like a couple months ago, um, that there hasn't been more urgency to get John Cena involved, uh, or the undertaker for that matter, or, you know, any number of other people. I'm sure those phone calls have been made, but that they're not just, you know, just, uh, finding some way to, to announce them. Um, but yeah, I mean, John Cena is, John Cena is, is in that category now of Batista of, of, uh, you know, even the rock, you know, him, it, whatever he does is going to be significant. And, uh, he's been putting people over at WrestleMania for a while now. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see if, who, if anybody gets the rub on April 7th. I mean, WrestleMania sells itself. You don't need to like to promote him in advance of it to, fill the arena or get people to subscribe. So you need a few surprises. Maybe he'll, who knows, maybe he'll, he'll come out, you know, uh, in the midst of the Corbin angle thing. And, and somehow they'll wind up being a kind of ceremonial, um, real farewell match of sorts between him and angles, you know, once, once Corbin's, you know, uh, disposed of, I don't know. I don't know, but that's, but that's, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if the. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it inherently needs it announced in advance. It could be fun as a surprise. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Well, listen. I think we finally got through everything. Jim, did we forget anything? Did they announce celebrities yet? Like Liberace or anybody coming? <laughs> Col- uh, yeah, Colin, Colin Jost and Michael Che. Well, that's good. Kenny, thank you so much for doing this. Everybody, check out Kenny's uh, writing on on theringer.com as he breaks in all these matches. And uh, you want to go ahead and plug your Twitter and everything else. I mean, everything else is everything else. But one way or the other, you could find out about it at Kenny Herzog on Twitter. So that, that suffices. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks to my Hill producer, Jim, who did not watch wrestling this week. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Apologies, as always, to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Masked Man Show. 